Hey, this is Rob, and this is episode 26 of the Folly Coffee Podcast. Let's get it brewing. All right, this is going to be a bit of a meta episode here because I am going to do an episode on digital content strategy while testing out like eight different new upgrades I've made to the digital content output with number one here. Look at this. We've got video. Uh, we have done two video episodes episodes up to this point but they've both been on Instagram Live. And that platform, it's like, it's good, but the video kind of, like, it gets laggy, the audio is not great. And so we're doing a lot of different things to try to up our content strategy game. And while I've been doing a lot of research on the topic, I've realized, man, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't realize that I could have saved a lot of time doing if someone had just told me. And so I was like, wait, this could make a really great podcast episode. And so today's episode is going to be all about small business digital content strategy in 2020. Uh, so I'm going to start the episode leading up with kind of what I've done with Folly to output all of our digital content up to this point. I'm then going to go into like where we're at now what I've done in the last really past three weeks and where we're looking to go in 2020 as we move forward, uh, looking to increase our digital presence. And so really up to this point, I'm recording this April 6, 2020, right in the midst of this really fun COVID-19 coronavirus stuff. But launched in January of 2018, before I launched, I really didn't know much about content marketing, digital marketing, whatever you want to call it. And so up to that point, really the only thing I'd done is I downloaded Instagram. So I had, an inst I had a personal Instagram where I kind of taught myself how to like use all that stuff. And then uh, that's how I learned about like hashtagging and all this and that and like how Instagram works and how the filters work. And uh, I knew how to use Facebook because I'd have that. And I, I kind of saw what other businesses were doing with Facebook. And when I launched Folly, I quickly realized that like I just had like a Samsung whatever at the time, and it didn't take great pictures. And I realized that for Instagram to work well, you have to have really good pictures. And so the first step I did was go out and I had to find a camera. I had to find a good enough camera that didn't require a lot of skill to do effectively. And so fortunately, this will be a reoccurring theme in today's episode. My sister's boyfriend, Scott, is a very talented videographer, photographer. And so I bounce a lot of questions off of him. And so what he suggested was the camera that I still have today. And I still don't fully know what it is. So let's see here. It is a Sony 5100. Let me look up real quick what that actually is. Sony 5100. It is a Sony A5100. And this is the one that he suggested because it's a mirrorless camera and what a mirrorless camera does, it just creates really great photos. It also has this really great point and click feature. Uh, and I mean two things about that. One, it's the type of camera where all you have to do is hold down the button a little bit and it's gonna take a great picture for you. But it has this other feature I really like where on the actual screen itself, you can look at what you're about to take a picture of and then literally point on the image what you want it to focus on and that removes a lot of skill required to get those really cool like focused pictures where it's focused on one thing and 
But again, we're bootstrapped for a budget. I couldn't go out and spend that much money on a camera. And so I highly, highly recommend Best Buy Open Box. Obviously check Craigslist, obviously check eBay. But the downside to those is you kind of don't know who you're working with. You don't know if everything they're saying is true. Best Buy Open Box is a pretty much brand new products that somebody took home. They opened up, they go, this isn't for me. I'm going to return it. And then they sell it. And it's often at a steep discount. I believe you can go on their website. This is how I did it. I went on their website and just was perusing all the best buys in the area for open box deals. And then I found the exact camera I was looking for at a greatly reduced price. And so I started using this camera to basically build a stockpile of coffee pictures. This was also very, very important for building the website. So initially we built, built our website on GoDaddy.com. And I did this because that platform is really good for information. And so I knew that in launching a brand new business that our website would have to be very informational because it would be a place that most people, this is the first time they're gonna learn anything about Folly Coffee. And so was able to take a lot of great pictures with that camera and then downloaded the Photoshop Express uh, app. And this app is a really basic editing tool, quick guideline on it. I highly suggest high exposure, high contrast. When you take a really well taken picture on like a nice quality camera, you go higher exposure, higher contrast. It creates a really nice vivid feel for it. And that's basically what our initial website was built on. Uh, and then obviously heavily behind the branding we had. And then based on the research I'd done, I knew you should try to post once a day uh, on the actual like feed and then two to three times a day on the story and that that way you increase engagement and then there's like specific hashtags you should use and there's a lot of reasons i have a whole nother episode about instagram strategy go find that one if you want to get into the details of instagram and how we built our instagram following but up to this point really outside of instagram uh we hadn't really upgraded our website or added anything of real value to that since we launched obviously we added like new products and like just like random stuff and we removed stuff and changed information and tried to update things as we updated but the actual website itself was not no different than when we launched in january of 2018 despite it being in my opinion a radically different business and then also Instagram obviously has been a huge platform for us, but as I'm looking at the diversification of our digital strategy, I'm going, all of our eggs are kind of in one basket. So how is it, Rob, that you, as a business person, are like, you should never have all your eggs in one basket. Diversify your sales channels. Diversify where you're selling. And yet, on the digital side, which is growing in importance every day, you're putting all your eggs into this Instagram basket. And that's where we were at as of a month ago. But it's one of those things that like, because the wholesale business, because like the local deliveries were going well, it was never a huge focus. Online was always really small for us. So I was like, it would be nice someday to do this. And that's what we kept saying. And even Jeff brought it up to me. He's like, hey, you know, our, our subscription service is not very good. <laughs> he subscribes to a lot of really amazing roasters. And he's like, Paying upfront for a subscription is not ideal, which is what we had. But I was like, I don't think we can do that on GoDaddy, but I don't have the time, blah, blah, blah. Excuses, excuses, excuses. Then this whole 
COVID-19 coronavirus situation hit. Uh, as I explained in a video that I posted, it was a Monday. I had a car full of cold brew that I was about to go deliver. And then the news came down at noon. Hey, restaurants, cafes, you have to, you have to shut down. You can only do takeout. And like, it's obvious to see that this was going to greatly affect our wholesale business, which was the majority of what we were selling. And so immediately I went home after that and was like, holy smokes, what do we do right now? Like, and this, in any situation, there's good. And so I'm looking at this situation going, okay, what possibly can be good about this? Because that's how I like to approach things. Shout out Jocko Willick. Good. I'm looking at this scenario. Our wholesale customers are limited to takeout. And again, it was emotionally hard to deal with because these are people I care about. These are valued customers, but I'm also having to look at the business and going, how are we going to survive during this time? Because there's no telling how long this is going to go on. And so the immediate reaction was, well, we just have to promote the heck out of the digital side. We have to promote the heck out of people going to our website. And I was uncomfortable with that because I wasn't super pumped about our website. I wasn't super pumped about our subscription platform. And so my immediate decision at that time was I need to completely revamp the website. And so I learned a lot about building a website in a short amount of time. And while it's still fresh in my mind, I wanted that to be a big part of this episode. So as a small business, I always thought that like having a great website, that's just something you can't have because like it's expensive. And people reach out to me and they're like, hey, I have super affordable rates right now for website design. And I'm like, oh, awesome. How much is it? Oh, it's a special rate of $5,000 for a website. I'm like, that is not a great, like, what do you think I am right now? And so it was just always that thing. I was like, someday in the future, we'll pay someone to completely revamp the website. But when this happened, I was like, okay, well, I need to at least reach out to GoDaddy and figure out how to get recurring payments for the subscription. So I reach out to them. They're like, well, we don't do recurring payments for a subscription. The only way you can do a subscription is they pay up front. So I go, well, I have to go find a new platform. And I'd heard enough about Squarespace that it came highly recommended. I built a website, a very, very simple one for Filtero, which is the cold brew coffee side of things, but that's like a B2B business. So not a lot of capabilities on that website were needed. And so I, I basically spent uh, from noon on Monday, I decided at one, we needed a new website with a subscription service. And I spent until about 2 a.m. that night uh, teaching myself how Squarespace worked and then slept for four hours and woke up and started building the website. And I will say, I think that Squarespace has a lot of features that are very, especially if you're selling like a, a consumer packaged good that can be shipped. So if it's like if you're refrigerated or something, it's probably a lot more difficult to figure out. But building a website with Squarespace was very easy. And I will say the things that you need to have a great looking website on Squarespace would be the first thing I alluded to is really high quality pictures. So even if you're like, I'm not gonna go out and buy a camera, try to find a photographer and say, hey, here's the range of pictures I need for my website to look great. And there's someone out there that can do it really effectively, even if it's not you taking the pictures with a camera you got. The website has to have high quality, nicely edited photos to give it the feel of what your business is about. And subscription is very visually based. So if you don't have a lot of really great pictures, the second you get onto your website, it's not going to have a good feel. So that's the number one recommendation for digital content marketing is your website has to be on point. And then the other side was like the subscription side of it. Uh, 
that was a necessity and it, it's it's not cheap i think it ended up being like 40 dollars a month but again like when someone's offering to build a website from scratch for five grand this is a bargain and if we can get enough customers on a new revamp subscription service it's an investment and so i kind of pulled the trigger on that one and built out the new subscription service for folly and so that was the first step i took into kind of an increased digital presence and i'm like the outpouring of support first of all in this whole covid-19 situation has been like kind of astounding it's i'm kind of like wrapping my head around it's pretty insane because it's 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 one I really do believe that the deal we're offering on the subscription was really good. The new website was much more user-friendly. It was a much better service. And then there is the number of people who are looking to support local during this time. And then just the fact that people can't go to their office for coffee. People can't go to a lot of cafes. Or if they do, it's, it's carry out only. And so people are getting their work done at home. And the demand for at-home coffee is increased. That's specific to our situation. But I will say launching the website was well worth the trouble. And Squarespace had a lot of resources on their website about how to build a website. So I might do an entirely different episode just about the process of building that website because in these beginning stages and you know we're a little over two years in I still consider us kind of in these beginning stages even though we're pretty established at this point taking the time to have a great website's well worth it and I think that's the foundation of effective digital content because ultimately that's where you want to drive people is your website and your customers and so that was the first thing I did was scratch the old website, transfer the domain over from GoDaddy over to Squarespace. I kept the domain hosted on GoDaddy. So I'm still using that as the URL service. And the reason I did that is so that I don't lose any of the information about that like URL sourcing. And I still don't know a lot about it, but I was just like, I don't want to reset the URL because our Google SEO has gone up. Okay, I think this might be a whole new episode that I decided just now, but Squarespace subscription service, very happy with that. A lot of great feedback. And honestly, it took a lot to learn, but once you kind of read like 20 articles about how to build it and each little thing figured out, was able to get the, you know, the key to turn the lock and ultimately it was well worth it. Whew. But that was, again... One until two, woke up at 6 a.m. And then from 2 a.m. until 4 a.m. the following night, morning, whatever you want to call it. And then uh, launched that night at 4 a.m. And then woke up and had all my closest friends and family say, hey, can you go click everything you can on the website to see what doesn't work? Found a lot of stuff that doesn't work and figured out how to fix that through that. And so I will say it was stressful. It was a lot of work. It was not that easy to learn because it was so much in a short amount of time. But if, if your other option is either have a, an inferior website or to pay someone five grand, you got to figure it out. Number one thing. High quality pictures, great website, and you've got a strong base for digital content marketing. And so after we finished that, started promoting the heck out of it on Instagram, which like I said, is kind of our one strong platform at this point. And it started to pick up steam. And then as it started to pick up steam, I realized that the digital side of things was somewhere we had not focused on that this coronavirus COVID situation kind of forced our hand. But I'm trying to look at that as a positive that you go, hopefully things normalize someday. Like I'm really feeling for our wholesale customers. And it's like, so many people have lost their jobs, but I'm trying to see the good in it. Maybe one of the good things here is 
I now have time to focus purely on the digital side outside of our normal roasting schedule because coffee is an essential product. And so we're still roasting and delivering to grocery stores. So basically it shifted from our whole wholesale business to a little bit more in the grocery stores and online uh, with our new website. And so after that, I'm going, well, what else can we do during this time? How can we best spend our time during this COVID-19 limitations that when we come back, we're going to come back stronger. And so I started looking into other businesses, both in and out of coffee. What were they doing well? Who are the businesses that I followed frequently, not just on Instagram, but like YouTube videos and tutorials and educational pieces? And what are the things that we're not doing that we could be? And so that's where this 2020 content strategy came into play. That's kind of the long, long intro to how I ended up to where I am today, 8 p.m. on April 6, 2020. Here is our content plan and how we are approaching it. The equipment we're going to be using, both uh, visual, audio, software, and all the different things we're doing to try to increase the quality, to have a more user-friendly experience, to be able to grow our online digital presence online digital presence, not presidents. So the first thing was, I realized after doing two Instagram live videos and kind of filming a lot of videos on my phone, uh, that the quality was not great. And this, this camera I was talking about, the Sony A5100, takes really great pictures and the videos are pretty dang solid, but the videos don't look like fantastic. And so reach back out to Scott, shout out Scott. And I'm like, hey, like, what is my option to upgrade my video quality? Like what is kind of the best, most cost-effective video camera I should get to be able to take great video uh, for YouTube, for uh, to be able to post more on Instagram. Video content is way more engaging than pictures I've found out. And then you can also utilize it for LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Videos are just more compelling. Uh, and so, he said, well, your two options are kind of these, uh, he explained this type of camera to me, went way over my head. I go, could you send me a link? And he's like, well, your cheapest of these is going to be somewhere around, you know, $2,000, $2,500. I'm like, okay, that's not what I'm looking to spend on a camera. Uh, what's our next best, op best option? And he was like, honestly, dude, like, it's not how he talks, but for some reason that's how I'm doing his impression. He's like, ever since I got my, uh, iPhone 11, he's like, the camera is so good on this thing that I barely even touch my camera. And he's got, uh, he has this camera with a way upgraded lens and he's got a lot of different options to use for video, but he's like the convenience of the fact that it's your phone, it's in your pocket at all times and the quality of the video. He's like, that's your best option. And so that was my first move was, okay, if we're going to increase the video content, I need to upgrade so that our video, and this will also increase the, uh, the digital photos I'm able to take. And so first move was upgrading the phone to match the quality. Now I'm not saying it has to be an iPhone, but like all these new phones that have come on the market in the last six months, the camera quality is impressive. And it's like, it's what I'm using right now. So hopefully you're like the quality of this video is good. This is shot on an iPhone. And there's a lot of people online with tutorials about how to use an iPhone effectively, different software you can use and how to utilize it in a way. And so it was a combination of get the iPhone and then he said, get an iPhone and then get an effective stabilizer. They have a formal relationship with DJI. 
And so that was the next purchase is this is a DJI Osmo Pocket. Got the DJI Osmo Pocket. Uh, I think this was about $150, so not cheap, but I will say the capabilities of this thing are incredible. I got the version with the tripod so you can set it up. This thing has it where I still haven't learned completely about it, but pressing buttons and manipulating it, you can get it to lock onto your face so I can set the thing down. It'll stay locked on me so I can walk around and talk to it and it'll stay locked onto my face, making it look like you have a camera person, making it look more legitimate. And then the other side is that as you're walking around and filming something, uh, this completely stabilizes your camera so that as you're going around, it keeps the camera completely stable and it adds this extra layer of quality that the increase in video quality combined with stable stabilization that I'm still learning how to use, it creates an effect that you're just like, it's just so much smoother and it, like, it's not that it's pro, but it's a step above amateur. And that's like where I'm trying to get with audio visual content. So that was the next purchase was the, the DG, DJI. And then the next thing was like, okay, audio. So we've got the increased visual now for audio. This is a blue Yeti caster with the boom extension. This has been great for like solo podcasts. It's been okay, very okay for interview podcasts. If we're in this room that I know the layout and I can set it up ahead of time and we like lock it in, it's good. But if anybody listened to that, my episode, the first episode with Will from Cafe Steam, I thought it sounded great. And then I posted the episode, you can't hear anything he's saying. And so... I was like, this is great for solo podcasts and I want to keep using this, but now I'll be doing video with the iPhone. So what I did is I did a little bit of research on how to hook up this, which is a USB connection into the iPhone. I just got on Amazon. It's like a USB power adapter. This thing plugs in. So the, <laughs> the Yeti plugs into the USB power adapter, which boosts enough so that it can power into the iPhone. And then this goes into one of those like uh, lightning. The lightning is the connection you call on the, the new iPhone and the USB lightning adapter so that this audio you're hearing is much, much better than the audio receiver on the iPhone itself. And audio is something that people are just like, oh, the phone records audio. I will say that like, especially if you're listening to it in headphones, like a podcast or you're playing it over speakers, the difference in clarity is pretty key. So if you're putting out a lot of content where the uh, the audio is important, like what I will be talking about, podcasts especially, I would look into something like this. This whole setup was, I believe, $200 brand new, uh, and the increase in quality is noticeable because there's nothing worse when you start listening to a podcast and the audio just sucks. And I will say, I know that's the case for the last two I put out that were recorded on Instagram Live, and that's why... I'm kind of trying to figure all this stuff out and I'll be talking about what I did to try to fix that problem. Whew. Also, I haven't figured out how to cut with video. So you're going to be able to hear that kind of stuff, which is how I live my life. So I just went to the website, increase digital presence. So that's what I did for camera and audio up to this point. And then uh, the other side we were talking about is like what type of content to create. Um, I will say something I've seen, especially during this response with COVID-19 is that I'm going to speak specifically to coffee. Pretty much the general response is we should do tutorials on how to brew. And that's not bad. Um, but I will say it's not hard to find videos on how to brew any method. And I've made brew tutorials myself. Uh, 
And so I was like, well, you know, we could do that, but how many people are actually going to tune in or want to see that or share it? Or how is that any different? I'm not adding any value here because it's super easy to go on any platform and find a brewing tutorial. And so I started thinking about like, well, what things could be interesting? And so we you know, started doing our stupid things we do. And I'm like, well, what if we take a sip of coffee and you yell the, the flavor you're tasting uh, so that people think about the coffee they're tasting? And I will admit that provided me a lot of personal fun to see Jeff taste and yell Blackberry. And then I sent it out to my buddy DeAndre. And I'm like, hey, I want to see what you yell when you do this. And he tastes it. And then he just yells coffee. He's like, coffee. I'm like, oh, light bulb moment. Jeff, one of the best coffee tasters in the country, obviously is going to be able to pick out really specific tasting notes. My buddy DeAndre loves coffee, drinks a lot of it, and can tell you that like I like this coffee versus this one. He likes he really likes the Folly Espresso. But then I ask him like why wh why what do you like about it? like what does it taste like? He's like I don't taste good. And I was like oh light bulb moment here. There's, there's something here. And so we came up with this new concept uh, called Tasting Coffees with DeAndre and Folly Jeff. And so we're going to make, on YouTube, we're going to start doing videos uh, where it's going to be him and Jeff tasting the same coffee side by side. And we're going to have it be Folly Coffee. We're going to have it be all... We haven't fully vetted out what each episode will be, but I'm like, that is something... The reason I like it is because someone who doesn't know a bunch about coffee, which is most people... Uh, they look at Jeff tasting and go, yeah, of course this guy tastes all of it. He's a roaster, he's the top coffee taster in the country. Like, I don't get any of those tasting notes. I don't even know what some of the things he's saying are. I'm like, let's put someone who's just like your casual coffee drinker on the side. And it's a way to like display taste over video. And so that is an important thing to consider when you're thinking about videos to shoot is what are you trying to communicate? We're trying to communicate that our coffee tastes really good, but why does it taste good? And we're coffee nerds, so we think if we tell you, oh, it has these bright tones, and someone's like, what is a bright coffee? What does that even mean? I'm like, whoa. And so that's going to be one show we're going to do. And then the next one is, honestly, partially selfish reasons, but also partially I am intrigued. Uh, my buddy Kevin is a cook. He is a chef. And I reached out to him. I was like, what if we do a cooking show focused around coffee? And he's like, what does that mean? I go, I don't know, but everybody knows my deep, dark secret, not even dark secret. I'm pretty upfront about it. Is that like, I want to be the coffee guy Fieri someday. <laughs> joking, not joking, kind of joking. And so I was like, what if we do a cooking show based around coffee? He's like, what does that mean? I go, I don't know. What do you think it means? He's like, well, I could do a coffee dry rub. Uh, we could pair foods with coffees. Uh, we could use recipes with brewed coffee in it. Uh, and I was like, yep. That's now we've started. And that's something that's different. I haven't seen that. I, and being able to provide recipes and show the actual cooking. And then also it's something I will enjoy. I love cooking. Kevin is a very talented cook. And I'm a firm believer that if you're doing something and you're creating content based around something that you absolutely love, it will show. So this is one of the things where I was like, are people explicitly reaching out to Folly and being like, will you make a coffee cooking show? Absolutely not, because it doesn't exist, which is another compelling reason. But I'm like, he's passionate about it. He likes a good challenge. I'm passionate about the coffee side. If we create something different and new that we're both excited about, I think it'll be good viewing. And then the last one was, and this is one that I've seen people struggle with, is the last 
new video series we're going to start doing consistently is Roasting with Jeff. And so we're going to have him roast and literally as he's roasting, explain what he's doing, why he's doing it, what he's looking to taste out of it. And then after the fact, he can taste the coffee, say, did it taste like I expected? What am I going to do different next time? And the reason I think a lot of people struggle in coffee, I mean, but this could be true for anything is that, well, aren't you giving away your secrets? And it's like, you know, kind of, but a lot of people are roasting coffee. How to roast great coffee isn't so much a secret as it is your personal approach. And so this isn't going to be Jeff saying, this is the right way to do it. If you're doing it a different way, you're wrong. It's going to be, this is my approach. And this is what we're looking for. And this is kind of how we roast at Folly Coffee and uh, what we're looking to get out of it. And so we're like, if we can be in a position to educate people and there's not a lot of roasting education out there, what a cool opportunity to show people how we do things. And I'm just of the mindset that like increased transparency is only good for everyone. And so that was ultimately how we made the decision was like, why not? Like what's going to happen if someone's going to, they're going to find the exact same bean that we're roasting and they're going to use the exact same. And even if they had the roast profile, it's going to be on a different machine. It's going to be different conditions. There's so many variables that go into it that we can educate people still do things our own way. And other people might roast it exactly like us and be like, this isn't how I want to do it, which we're totally cool with. And so taking in these three different forms of video, and I will say that video content, I am realizing more and more and more is valuable versus a picture because, because phones and their cameras have gotten so good and editing technology, whether it's Photoshop or even just Instagram's built in editor, everybody can take beautiful photographs. And so 10 years ago, if you had a beautiful photograph and put it up on a platform, people would be like, whoa, and it would get likes and it would get engagement and people would be amazed. Now, if you take a photo of something, it could look beautiful and it's going to be one of a thousand beautiful photos that you can scroll through that day. So the value here is original content through video. So that is one major takeaway I would encourage from this podcast episode, video content, increase your video content output, but try to be efficient about it. And so video content, but also unique novel ideas, have them be something you're passionate about and something that you want to do. Do not choose a topic that you're like, this would suck to record that many videos because if you're going to do it regularly, you're going to make your life worse. So make it things that you want to be a part of. And yeah, so that's how we chose those. Filming DeAndre and Jeff Taste Coffees is going to be hilarious. Cooking with Kevin is going to be awesome. We're going to have at the very least, if it gets zero views and nobody cares, we're going to cook amazing meals. And we're going to do all of these every two weeks. We think that's pretty regularly. If we stagger these, that means you're getting a video like every 10 days. And then at the end of the day, it's like great meal with a friend. I'm down for that. And then roasting with Jeff, like that one's obvious. He's already going to be roasting. And so looking at new equipment for this, we're going, well, what would we need for this to be effective? Well, roasting with Jeff, we can use this Sony. That's an effective camera uh, for very still shots. It'll be a still shot, but we're like, the audio needs to be good because the roasting is going to be going on in the background, which can be quite loud. And so we found uh, these mics called Smart Mic Plus. And for a set of two, I got them for, I think about $210 for the two, which again is expensive. But here's the thing is we can use these for multiple ways. 
The first way is he can wear it while he's roasting and he can roam around and the audio doesn't change. If it was like this mic in front of me where it's stable, as he moves around, it would kind of start to sound like this and you can't really hear what he's saying and you don't really know what's going on. And so we needed something that's stable, locked in on his audio the entire time. So it had to be something hooked up to him and it couldn't have a cord because that is very unsafe while you're roasting. So it has to be something that's totally free Bluetooth capabilities. This one is highly rated. Haven't gotten them in yet, but you'll see in future videos if it works or not. And then the other side is I was like, I want to do more remote interviews with people, but most people don't have great microphones. And so my side of the audio can sound good and then theirs doesn't. And so this is something that you could mail. It's small, easy to use on the phone. Everybody's got Bluetooth capability on their smartphones. So you can ship this ahead of time to your podcast guests or if they're local, but especially during COVID-19, you can drop it off to them and say, hey, when we do our remote, get this set up ahead of time so that our audio is good on both sides. And then the last thing I got was a, called a Rode microphone. It's a directional microphone. You can plug into it. It was 70 bucks. And that's a great one for if you're just trying to capture a lot of audio around. So now I've got the stable microphone, the Yeti, uh, blue, uh, the Yeti, Yeti Master from Blue. I've got the Rode microphone, which should be coming in the mail for just like good audio of an area. And then... The, the ones looking directly into it. But if you're gonna have good video content, it's gotta be good. And then also the cool thing about these different platforms is you can also turn these into podcast episodes as people are driving around. Some will work better than others. Some you might have to edit, the, rip the audio from the video and then edit out specific parts that don't work for audio. But this also allows us to be able to take the audio from this. This is a video. I will take the audio, release it as an audio podcast. I will release it as a video podcast on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram Live. And then I found this new service that I haven't tested yet called Restream.io, which allows you to do live streams over multiple platforms at once. Restream.io. And so, yeah. Those are all the upgrades we made. And so by no means was it cheap. But here's the thing about making good digital content. And again, I'm not speaking as an expert. I'm speaking as a viewer. Is that if it doesn't sound good and if it doesn't look good, this shouldn't be the case. But you probably won't watch it. Like, unless it's a video that someone's like, you have to watch this, ignore how bad it looks or how bad, bad it sounds, you're probably not going to watch it. And so if you don't have these things, even if you're putting out good original content that's engaging and entertaining, you'll lose a lot of people or at least lose credibility. And so these upfront investments allow you to put out content that can actually be more reputable than how big you are. It allows you to reach more people than what you were able to before. It'll make somebody much more likely to recommend it to their friend. Because who wants to recommend a podcast episode that you send and they're like, that sounds terrible. I got two minutes in and I got a headache. And then the last part we're doing here is I was like, okay, so YouTube, what do I notice on YouTube videos that I watch that I find effective? Well, just like our podcast, I was like, we need a cool intro. I was like, oh, we also need that for YouTube too, though. And so I started researching like effective editing tools for YouTube intros and outros. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to teach myself to be a digital content editor and everything. And so that's when I remembered that I've used this service called Fiverr before. Highly recommended. F-I-V as in Victor, 
E-R-R, as in the number five with an extra R at the end. This is a very underrated tool. Maybe it's not underrated. Maybe it's underrated in my world for small business owners, for anyone looking to put out content, for anyone that doesn't know how to do something and just has like a gig that they need done. So I was like, I need to have a unique intro for the tasting coffees with DeAndre and Folly Jeff. I need to have a unique intro for cooking and coffee with Kevin Koch. I need to have a unique intro for roasting with Jeff. You go on fiverr.com, they start at $5 gigs. So if you want something super, super simple, just an intro with the cool animated logo, you get that for five or $10. The one we did for DeAndre and Jeff, I think it's been like 20, 25 bucks on, but I sent it to a few people today and they're like, wait, what? Like, that's what you're doing for the thing you were talking about? And so I highly recommend if you're gonna be doing something regularly with content to get an intro and then also an outro, which is at the end of a video that you have something consistent at the end of your video that encourages people to like, review, and subscribe the stuff you're putting out. So that's what we did. And we got our first outro back today and the intro for DeAndre and Jeff today. And I was like, just instantly, like it made me excited which it's not hard to do, but it's like, okay, that's just one step closer to creating more engaging content. And if it costs me $25, if we keep doing this for any length of time, it's gonna pay for itself. And so we're gonna take that content and push it through Instagram. We're gonna focus more on Instagram Live. We're gonna focus more on Instagram TV using the video recordings. We're gonna take those videos, edit them into shorter one minute and under clips to be able to push through on Instagram posts. One minute clips also work on TikTok. Now TikTok, I don't recommend one minute clips. I recommend 15 seconds or under. So get the funniest, most bizarre 15 seconds from every piece of content you film, put it on TikTok purely for reaction. Try to get people to drive to see the YouTube and you can kind of cross pollinate all your different social media channels. So our goal is to kind of like take Instagram, which is our strongest following and kind of pollinate all these other platforms putting unique content on each one that even though it might be from the same video or from the same audio, that you get a different experience based on which one you find. And so this is kind of my experiment to see how many people are on Instagram but actually prefer YouTube. How many people are on Instagram but actually are more engaged even on LinkedIn. There's so many different platforms and as you build digital content, you can even combine things into like kind of compilations of what your business is about and create really compelling, fun, energetic videos and audio. And so that anytime someone asks for something like, hey, do you have an example of something like this? Do you have something that kind of defines your company? You've got something super unique, original, and it's not just somebody talking to a camera about this is what we're about. Whew. Yeah. So that is our digital content strategy, but I thought that I'd learned enough, and this has really been, hmm, I think it's been about two and a half weeks since this quarantine went down. Let's see if it's Monday the 6th. Actually, I think I launched the website a couple weeks ago. So maybe, yeah, two and a half weeks probably about is kind of when I've learned all of this. So I'm, I'm not speaking as an expert, but I wanted to speak while it's still fresh on my mind. And so number one, you need to have great pictures, whether it's you getting a mirrorless camera with great point and click Photo, uh, photography features and then combine that with Photoshop Express for high contrast, high exposure pictures. 
if you're taking it yourself or find a photography friend or family member, maybe somebody that will give you a good rate or somebody that wants to build their portfolio uh, to get great pictures because that is what's important to build a great website. Then when you have a great website, I recommend Squarespace. If it's a very visual, they've got a lot of great templates. It's more user-friendly than GoDaddy. It's a bit more expensive, but I think worth it so that when somebody goes to your website, they're like, this is legit. And then if you're putting out a lot of content with video and audio, making sure that you're thinking about every component, not just how it looks, if it's a podcast, not just how it sounds, but how these things all work together. And then also how can you use each piece in the most ways? So right now, for example, how I'm going to do this is after I finish recording this, I'm going to rip the audio. I'm going to put it uh, with our podcast intro. I'm going to schedule that to air this Sunday on the Folly Coffee podcast on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and basically anywhere that hosts podcasts. I'm going to take the visual. I'm going to put our new uh, podcast intro and outro. I'm going to put that at the beginning and end, and then I'm going to put that up on YouTube. I'm going to take... uh, probably a condensed version, put it on LinkedIn for people to watch uh, or perhaps the full thing so that anyone who's a small business on LinkedIn can kind of see how we're doing it. And then on TikTok, I'm going to take out condensed versions, 15 second and under. I'm going to try to edit it up real quick, throw that on TikTok, and then probably do that same thing for an Instagram story, for an Instagram post. Um, Yeah. And then try this restream.io thing and see if we can't find a way to stream this across multiple platforms. Apparently that service, you can post a recorded video, post it live, and then follow along and chat with people as they watch. So we'll see. And then as these new microphones, as this new stuff comes in, I don't even know if this is working. I don't even know if this is recording because I've got the good camera facing me. So this is not a selfie video. We'll see if this works. And then you'll see more content with the DJ Osmo Pocket uh, to see like more stabilized videos. So hopefully we start putting out a lot of content that looks really legit with some really fun, interesting stuff. And, you know, quite honestly, I'm just excited. Like tasting coffee with DeAndre and Jeff will probably teach me a lot about what someone who's not a coffee expert thinks about when they're drinking coffee. It'll change how I think. Cooking with Kevin, I mean, to have a scheduled dinner session with one of my great buddies who's a really talented chef and we can start to explore how to use coffee with cooking. That sounds awesome. And then roasting with Jeff, like he's already roasting, put a camera on. Let's see what, like see what we can get on. Let's see what we can do. And so that it was going to, let's, let's check my time here. That is something I didn't think about till now is that when I record on the computer, I can see the time. When it's up there, I can't. And so I'm at 42 minutes. That's not a bad length for this type of episode. I think it's pretty dense. And so um, I will try to list as many of these. If you go to the Folly Coffee podcast, I will list all these things in the show notes. Uh, I'll try to do the same on YouTube. Uh, Yeah. So... Like I end every other podcast, I will say, enjoy.